Welcome to the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network, and I'm Vic Vershero. And today on the other end of my line, I have uh, an absolute legend, and I'm so delighted and honored that he would spend some time with us today. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, we're going to introduce you to Jimmy Fortune. He is a singer, songwriter, and musician, and part of the legendary act called the Statler Brothers. And in that, it is country music's most awarded team. So, Jimmy, Welcome to our show. Hey, thank you, Vic. It sure is good to be with you. Uh, really is. Thank you for having me on. Well, I, Jimmy, uh, uh, as people are tuning in and we're, we're talking about leadership today, uh, before we came on the air, you said, you know, after all these years uh, in the business, if you can't have something that you've learned along the way to share with others, uh, you, you weren't paying attention. So I, I just love your philosophy on that. And, and as I think <laughs> about it, I, I just want people to know um, what you're going to hear is the real guy. Um, because Jimmy, uh, I have had the ple- pleasure and honor of meeting uh, in Nashville, and um, I can tell you that you're just one of the um, most sincere, nicest people around. And so, uh, when I thought about the opportunity to get you on the show, I thought, you know, there's a guy that that doesn't have any pretense. Uh, he's a fantastic individual. Matter of fact, him and I were just sharing grandfather notes. Uh, because we got some grandkids that we love spending time with, so I just love that. And so, Jimmy, um, there's so much we got to talk about, and I got so little time to get it done. But if you can, can you kind of uh, take me back to the beginning and let us know um, uh, a little bit about how it all got started for you, and and maybe some of your early struggles? Where'd you grow up, by the way? I grew up in. Uh, I, I was born in Williamsburg, Virginia. And then um, my my family's from a place called Nelson County. If you ever saw the Waltons TV show, you yeah. saw you saw exactly how I grew up and where I grew up. <laughs> I was good friends with Earl Hamner, who was the creator of the Waltons. Oh, wow. Uh, number seven of nine children. And my daddy went broke making fortunes, if uh. that makes sense. <laughs> that but, does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> and I have seven kids and, and uh, 12 grandchildren now, so myself. So I kind of followed in his footsteps. You did. So, you better be trying to make a living and make a good living if you're going to try to raise that many children in today's world. That's, That's a lot of mouths to feed. You you aren't you aren't a kid. And so in that in that upbringing was was your family musical? Was it was that something that uh, you you were one of only only out of the nine only one that had that talent? I was the only one that wouldn't uh, put it down, wouldn't let it go. I I had a uh, I guess I had a passion for it. You know, as a, even at a young age. Yeah. Uh, I found a guitar in a dump near our house. This is how poor we were. We were literally very, very poor. And <laughs> there was a dump across the river, and I was playing uh, eight years old and found a little guitar with two strings on it and a piece of junk, basically. I got it out of there and took it home and plunked around on that thing for four years until Mom and Dad bought me a guitar when I was 12 for Christmas in 1967. Oh, wow. And I told my dad when I picked it up, I said, if I can learn to play and sing at the same time, Daddy, I'm going to make a living at this. And he said, boy, are you crazy? He said, you can't make a living playing music. He said, why do you think they call it playing? (laughs) (laughs) Are you serious? Oh, that's funny. (laughs) He he just thought that, you know, to him it was a hobby. And and to most people it was. It was just something that, hey, it's fun. You You can't do something fun for your living you know what are you crazy i mean and um but i just uh you know i always had other jobs because let's face it i I couldn't make enough playing music growing up uh, in the early days but uh 
I always kept a job on the side or two jobs sometimes to, to support my music habit. Yeah. And, well, uh, and isn't so, that interesting? That was kind of the focus and everything else. Mm-hmm. But I, I do want to. I know you're a man of faith, and I just want to want to circle back to the whole point of of um, um, whoever put that guitar uh, in the trash on that fateful day uh, possibly changed the face of country music for uh, for generations because of what you found and what you what you pulled out of there and took off with. So I don't know how you learn to play the guitar with only a couple of couple of strings on it, but. Uh, um, I, I think that's pretty pretty extraordinary. Well, I uh, would play little melodies on it, and uh, and you know I would strum it as much as I could. But uh, my dad played; uh, he was a, a square dance music, what I call old country square dance music, and he would play on a weekend sometimes, and or at somebody's home having a party or something. And he would take me with him, and that somebody would give me an old guitar and let me just sit back and just plunk on. I didn't know what I was doing, but. <laughs> Uh, I was I was just having a ball. I'd sit there all night, wouldn't even put it down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, well, uh, and you, you also yeah. s- you said something else too, which I think is extraordinary about about making a living doing something that you love, and uh, you kind of uh, paid the bills doing other things while you could find your way to uh, to pursue your your ultimate dream, right? Yeah, I I caught on real quick when I was in the first grade. Um, we got my sisters got a record player and. And uh, we finally got a TV in our house. And uh, they would get a few records and stuff, and I would listen to those records or listen to the radio. And I started learning these songs off the radio. Well, those, these boy, the boys at school, my friends, they, I would, they would hear me singing those songs. And they would, uh, back then, uh, uh, my lunch was a nickel. <laughs> and uh, they would give me a nickel to sing a song for them. And I, all of a sudden, I was first grade going, I got a little bit of, you know, I got maybe 15, 20 cents in my pocket here. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I got money, you know. I, I, and it jingles. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's so funny because one of my questions was going to be, when when was your first paying gig? And you just answered that. Well, we've got lots of other questions for you, Jimmy, and we're so grateful that you're spending time with us here on the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Virtual with the legendary Jimmy Fortune. We'll be right back. Sonair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sonair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sonair.com. You found the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Versero, and I'm having such a ball with Jimmy Fortune. He is a singer-songwriter and part of the musicians that formed the legendary Statler Group. And the legendary Statlers are country music's most awarded team, uh, most awarded group. And that's saying a lot because there's a lot of talent that goes through Nashville and goes through uh, the entire country music world. And so, Jimmy, in our last last, uh, situation, we kind of talked about uh, the fate of finding a guitar in the trash and uh, Mm -hmm. I'll bet there's a few other moments along the way that that kind of made you think man I feel like somebody's looking out for me here so tell us about what happens as uh, as you start getting better at your craft 
Well, I have uh, often said, as I do all the time, that there's so many God things in my life that happened in, along the way that I can't explain. I kind of give my mother the credit for that because she was a prayer warrior. She prayed uh-huh. for us kids. Number seven needed all the help he could get along the way. <laughs> right, lucky and, number seven. And my, and, yeah, my dad needed uh, needed a lot, too, because he was an alcoholic, and she basically oh. prayed until one day he went up in church and gave his life to the Lord back in 1967. And uh, the story that's going to be in my book that I'm writing about my life, which, uh, but, uh, you know, eventually I started, uh, after I got my guitar when I was 12, I started put, put together a little band, started playing, uh, PTA meetings and things like that. Our first job, we made, uh, four of us made a dollar a piece. And, uh, <laughs> I went back home, uh, walked three miles back home with my guitar on my shoulder and told daddy, I'm on my way. <laughs> and, it's happening, and, Dan. And it's boy, happening. You got a ways, yeah, you got a ways to go, boy. But anyway, uh, anyway, I, I played music and I, I wound up, you know, doing, uh, high school dances, proms, uh, little things here and there, going out and playing VFW halls and things yeah. like that with some friends. Um, wound up uh, getting married when I was 17, and uh, me and my wife were having a child, so I had to quit school in the 11th grade and um, to, to, to support my family. Oh, my. And uh, so uh, things were starting to change in my life, and I was trying to get still hold on to my music, but yet realizing I had a family to support, and, uh, and it was really hard uh, for a while. And uh, well, it was hard all the way through that that whole situation. Um, I eventually did go back to school and get my GED because it always bothered me that I didn't have yeah. it. But I didn't go back until actually I was uh, the Stoddard brothers had hired me back, you know, in 1982. <laughs> and you were and, on uh, your way. <laughs> and I was, uh, yeah, I was kind of on my way. But I, uh, I just always bothered me that I didn't have my high school education, and I just thought, man, you know, I'm going to study and, and get that. And, and, and when I, I, I just felt better, I just felt more confident in, in things and everything when I, when I did that. Uh, yeah. but, uh, but anyway, you, you do what you have to do, uh, sometimes, but, uh, never, never, ever lost the passion, uh, for my music and for realizing that God had given me a gift. And, uh, I used it every opportunity I had to, uh, I always try to put it, you know, in a positive way. Of course, I went through the times of playing the clubs and stuff. My mom and dad didn't really like me being out there and playing, uh, you know, the clubs and things because you can get into things that you got no business. Oh, and, yeah. uh, right. I went through that stage of my life as well and uh, and, and was kind of rebellious about a lot of things and well, you things really... that we regret when we look back on, but... Uh, yeah, but well, you mama's prayers and the good Lord got me through it. Got you through it, and you know, in those scenarios, you you end up with with situations where you're running some different hours when you're playing those clubs. You know, you might not even get started till nine o'clock at night, and then you're out yeah. till four in the morning or whatever, having breakfast or doing whatever you're doing <laughs> after that. And so it just the whole clock just kind of shifts and changes on you. And and uh, let's just face it, a lot of things around you. So there had to be some pretty interesting things that were protecting you along the way, but. So, so in the, in all of this, your your uh, people that know who who you are and what you contribute, you have this amazing, uh, crystal clear voice that is just uh, incredible, and I I um, uh, I've just really enjoyed it. And my point would be is that is that was it always like that? Was, was 
was that just a gift you had along the way, or was that something you had to start fine-tuning and finding some people to try to tuck you under the wing to mentor to you? No, I, I always had that uh, uh, real real clear high voice, but uh, you wouldn't know it today listening to me talk. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, we uh, I always tried to sound like somebody else, and I would I loved uh, you know Kenny Rogers and people like that uh, you know the Vince Gills the um, and uh, you know even uh, Jim Reeves. You know, when, uh, first, uh, probably the first voice I heard on the radio was uh, Jim Reeves when he said, put your sweet lips a little closer to the phone. <laughs> and it was just this beautiful, big baritone voice that came over the radio. And I loved it. Yeah. But I tried to sing like everybody else, but I couldn't. I could never. It always sounded like me. <laughs> and I was like, dang on it, I want to sound like somebody else. I had and, no idea that, uh, you know, it was... Uh, what you had. Uh, uh, yeah, I had no idea what I had. That's right. Jimmy, that's just, that is, that's just the worth the price of admission to hear you say you wanted to sound like somebody else when I'm thinking I'd give anything to sound like Jimmy Fortune. So I, that just tickles <laughs> me. I want to tell you, I'm so glad you're here. So glad you tuned into the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'll be right back. You can listen to the Michigan Business Network on SoundCloud, iTunes, on the smartphone app, and on its website at www.michiganbusinessnetwork.com. Thanks for tuning in to Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Vercero, and I seldom have this kind of an opportunity to talk to somebody that has done so much with uh, such great talent and known worldwide. And I'm so glad to have with us Jimmy Fortune, singer, songwriter, musician, and of course, part of the legendary Statler Group. Um, and as I think about um, uh, where you're at, Jimmy, in your life and what we've heard so far, I'm wondering about, you know, um, you got a dad that, that has said, uh, yeah, son, don't quit your day job. You better uh, pay the bills right. somehow, and you're having fun singing. I know that. <laughs> but um, somewhere you latched on to a dream, and you didn't let go like a pit bull. Um, but there had to be moments when you're wondering, is this bone going to pay me anything? Uh, I, I, where did that, where did right. that go in your life? Well, I was uh, playing music, uh, and I got into a part where I was playing music six nights a week and four hours a night, as you said, and I had a a daytime job as a service writer in Charlottesville, Virginia, at a Porsche Audi dealership, and uh, I was doing that, which uh, I'd get, a, get off at, you know, one thirty in the morning, and then I'd go to, straight to bed, and I'd have to get up at, like, 5.30 to be at work at, in, in some of these places at 7.30 because... Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, I want one point I was driving from Manassas, Virginia at a holiday Inn back to Charlottesville, which is, you know, about 120 miles one way. Wow. And I was doing that. Sometimes I would do that for four weeks at a time. Oh my word. And, uh, I had really worked myself into a pretty bad state physically because I was trying to, uh, keep up with everything. And, and, uh, I just couldn't say no to anything. I just, was doing everything I could to, and really running myself in the ground. Uh, till one day, um, 
I was on my way back to work uh, from Manassas, Virginia, and I was running late one morning, and I was going to take this shortcut to get me to work faster, and I had didn't think about it, but that was the first day that school had let in, and um, on my way to uh, to work, I came over this hill, and um, and I didn't didn't realize I was going too fast. I knew well. I knew I was going too fast, but there was a school bus stopped right over the hill. Oh no! As I topped the hill, it was a damp morning, foggy, uh, and I saw these kids on the right that were getting ready to cross to get on the bus. And I saw the bus. I hit my horn. My horn didn't work, and I slid. I just slid straight through. It just happened that they turned and saw me. And I slid straight through the, beside the bus and beside the kids were on the right. And I finally stopped after I got past the bus. And I sat in the middle of the road and I, I, I couldn't move my legs. I couldn't move. And I, I was just crying. I just broke down. Oh, my. And I just sat in the middle of the road and I, I, I just sat and I looked up and I said, God, you know, I can't do this anymore. You know, I just thank you that those children are all right. Thank you so much. I've got to change things. And uh, so I went to uh, work that day, uh, called my band members, said, we're not going to do this. We're going to change things. I am just, I can't, you know, do this. I I'm, I'm still want to play music, but I can't uh, push it to the limit like I've been doing. I said, I've just about ruined other lives in my own life here in just a little while ago. And uh so I said, things have got to change. And uh, it wasn't long with, after that, a couple of months, that uh, the Statler brothers called me up for an audition. Um, you know, uh, like I said, God knew that he knew that I had realized, you know, finally that uh, I was kind of pushing it to the limit. And uh, uh, it was just a, just a real uh, uh, pivotal moment in my life at that moment because uh, I literally – couldn't go any further. I couldn't even feel my legs. At yeah. That well, I can't. I can't imagine what was going through your mind, and 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 just to be, you know, just to uh, just to avoid an accident, but to think about, you know, the 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 life changing moment that that was all in all in a, a lightning second. So unbelievable yeah. at that point in time. So you, you did just such good news that 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 was a, a moment that changed your life rather than. Um, uh, where you could make the decisions rather than the opposite, where it changed for obvious reasons. But as you well, think about this, you you moved on to to be discovered, um, uh, actually singing, right? Yeah, it wasn't long after that. I was uh, I had been playing music a lot, and I, I was a night off at Thanksgiving, nineteen eighty one, the night before Thanksgiving. I was off, and I was asked to come to a place called Wintergreen, Virginia for a jam session of all things. And yeah. I, the girl that I was, I had been to, gone through a divorce and I was, I was actually dating a girl at the time. Uh, and, uh, and she was like, surely you're not going to go out tonight and play music. You've only had one night off in years and you're going to go play music. I said, yeah, for some reason I feel like I should. <laughs> 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 and so I went and, uh, Lou DeWitt of the Statler brothers who wrote flowers on the wall, many of their great hits, who sang tenor for the Statler Brothers, he happened to be there that night. Uh-huh. And uh, I was singing some John Denver songs, some Roy Orbison songs, because I had not written a song up to that point. I yeah. didn't do anything. 
Um, so, you know, we got to know each other a little bit, and uh, I didn't know that he suffered from Crohn's disease. And right after Christmas that year, after I met him that night, he, I thought, well, I'd never hear from him again, probably. And right after Christmas, I get a call from the Statler brothers saying, hey, uh, <laughs> Lou is going to be able, have to be out for about six months. Can you come talk to us? And, you know, uh, you were the first name out of his mouth whenever he said, I heard a kid. Not too far from here, they might be able to do the job. And, <laughs> and here's wow. where they and say so. the, the rest is history. So, And we can't wait to hear more about that history. We're going to dw- uh, drill right down to the bottom of that. We're going to be right back with Jimmy Fortune here on the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. We're going to pay some bills and see you in just a second. Hi, this is Chris Holman, and as chairman of the National Small Business Association and a business owner myself, I understand that when you run a business, you rely heavily on your computer network. You can't afford lost data, lost customer information. That's why you should trust your technology needs to ASK. Contact ASK at 877-ASK-4ASK for a free audit and analysis of your technology needs. That's 877-ASK-4ASK, or find them on the Internet at www.justask.net. ASK, taking the hassle out of technology so that you can run your business. This is the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Versero with the legendary Jimmy Fortune on the other end of our line and so excited to have him with us. Singer-songwriter with the Statler Brothers for, uh, I think it was 21 years, most awarded country music group um, uh, anywhere around. And so I'm so excited about this. We have just scratched the surface on this because 21 years prior, uh, here we are uh, getting your first sit-down with one of the Statler Brothers, and uh, you're thinking, that's it. It was a fun night. See you later. And all of a sudden, you get the call, and you had to be wondering, is this really happening? Because uh, is this beyond your wildest dreams? Because this feels like a lightning strike. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, you just you never know. Sometimes, um, you know, when I look back on it now, uh, when you're doing something that you love, you never know where it's going to take you. Yeah. But, um, you know, there's something driving you that's bigger than you. And I always thought it, I still feel like it's, it was God putting me in those places that I needed to be at the times I needed to be there. Um, but it was a temporary thing when, um, they had to audition 26 people in Nashville, but I was the first one to can't, to come and talk to them and, uh, in Virginia over to, uh, their office. When I came over there, they told me what was going on with Lou and that they were going to look for somebody. I had been working so much that I had, uh, I was kind of uh, hoarse and anemic. I really didn't oh. have my voice quite back yet. So I thought, well, I was worried about it, but I said, you know, I'm going to give it my best. And so I went in and uh, we talked, and then they said, let's, Harold said, let's go down to my house and, and uh, get around the piano and sing some songs. And I thought, on the way driving down to Harold's house, I thought, man, you know what? I got something to tell my children one of these days. And my grandchildren, I get to sing around the piano with the Statler Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it ends right there, that's a cool story, right? <laughs> I said, if this if this stops right here, man, I'm a winner, man. <laughs> and and so I was happy with that. You, you know? bet. But, uh, so I went there, and we sang and played. And they said, well, you know, we've lined up auditions in Nashville because we should surely 
surely the first person that walks through the door is not going to be the guy. Yeah. You know, right. and, and you are the first person that walked through the door. So, so I, uh, I went back to work. They said, we'll call you in a couple of weeks. And so they did. They, uh, they, they, they went and came down to Nashville. I went back to work at the dealership and, yep. uh, Everybody was so excited that I had gotten to audition for of the staff photos. And, and about a week went by, I guess. And then I got another call that asked me if I could fly to Nashville because they wanted to give me the same opportunity that everybody else had to record with them to see what the blend sounded like. And uh, so all this is in is is going to be in my book that I'm writing one day, but uh, it'll hopefully be out not too long from yeah. now. But there's so, there's so many parts to the story that I wish I could had time to tell you. But long story short, uh, I did get to fly to Nashville, and uh, I uh, I got to audition there. And then um, uh, after I had been in there that day, they they came to me later on that evening after the audition. I was actually riding the bus back home with them to Na- to to Virginia, and they told me that they wanted me to be the person that filled in for Luke <laughs> for the next six months or whatever it was going to take till till he came back. Yeah. So that was pretty, pretty, pretty cool. But there's so much to the story that I wish I could tell you because it's very, very interesting, and so many things happened that could have made it turn out so different. Yeah, no uh, doubt. Well, I think that's part of the cliffhanger you're leaving for the book for us to read the book. So I think that's all right, good. Right. But if you think about it, so when you when you were sitting there and they said, "Well, we'll call you," what what was your gut reaction? This was fun and probably not going anywhere, or I feel good about this. Um, it was both. Yeah. It's that this was fun. And I, I, I just, I felt something happening that was bigger than me. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, I, I really felt like, uh, you know, I can do this. Yeah. I said, I'm, I'm ready for this. If this is, even though I'm hoarse and I've worked myself into oblivion here, uh, tired and anemic and kind of sick actually. And, uh, I knew in my heart, I said, uh, this is a job that I can do because I had listened to Lou's part over the years. I sang along with him on the radio. Uh, I was a big fan. And uh, I said, you know, if they say the word, man, I'm going to work. Yeah. And I'm going to make this as good as it can possibly be because I'm helping out. I'm I'm actually going to be helping somebody out, not coming in to take his place. I never wanted to do that. I know. Yeah. I was one of those people that, you know, people come into groups and stuff and you're always compared to that person. Yep. No matter what. And I didn't I didn't want to be that person that did that. I wanted to make it and I wanted to make it, you know, on my own uh, and not ride the coattails of somebody else, you know. Um but I I felt like I was helping out. If that makes sense. Well, and and, and uh, maybe maybe that took some of the pressure off. I don't know. I can't imagine uh, being with because these guys at the time you went in there, it wasn't like they had a concept of the Statler brothers. That they were they were a thing, um, and right. so and so you were you were stepping on stage with some uh, highly successful people. And the uh, the ability to make those butterflies fly in formation and not get so nerved out that you'd be uh, you'd be flipping out, man. It took some real focus and some real uh, lessons learned there. We're gonna learn more about uh, some of these early days with the Statler brothers uh, when we return right after these messages. So, uh, thanks again for tuning in to Leadership Lowdown. Thanks for uh, being a part of the Michigan Business Network, Jamie. We're gonna come right back after these messages. 
The attorneys of Foster Swift, Collins & Smith offer legal counsel to businesses, families, individuals, and municipalities throughout Michigan with offices in Lansing, Farmington Hills, Grand Rapids, Detroit, Marquette, and Holland. Clients know they can count on Foster Swift for all their legal needs, from straightforward wills to sophisticated business transactions and complex litigation. Learn more about Foster Swift and how they can assist you at fosterswift.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. You found the Leadership Lowdown. And, of course, we're listening and uh, having a great time talking to Jimmy Fortune. He's singer-songwriter and legendary part of uh, the Statler Brothers. And he's part of the sound that makes the Statler Brothers work. And, of course, uh, when you when you get into an uh, organization that's highly successful, you're the new kid, um, tell me about, about this because – this, this, we've got a large business audience, and sometimes you're thrown into teams. And now, this, there's probably nothing much closer than a than a, uh, a music team like this because when you've got a band on the road spending all this time together, uh, you got to find a way to make get along. So, was it was it magic right from the start? Uh, completely easy, or or were there some challenges along the way? Well. It was a lot of challenges along the way, but it was magic too, right from the start, because I was so eager to to get in there and do something. And you know, when you talk about leadership, I think what's more important than that even is fellowship, mm. and that you come along and that you 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 realize that you have to follow someone, and before you can lead, and um, so while you do that, you you watch and you listen and you learn. And these guys were some of the best businessmen on the planet. Really, they were brilliant in so many ways. I was I, I was not gifted in that respect, but I didn't know enough to know that I had to follow someone for a while and realize that even in the things that they their weaknesses, they had to put someone in the spot that knew more than they did about certain situations and certain things. You know, whether it would be, you know, accountants or booking agents or, you know, you can't do it all. Uh, Some people can do a lot of it, but they can't do it all. But if you can't do it all, I learned that you put people in the right places that can do the things that you need them to do. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, And they did that better than anybody that I've ever known. Uh, in in the business world, and I watched that. And as I did um, through the years, um, there were things that uh, you know we may not agree on, but as a team, as you said, we had a, a voting system that we would vote on things. It was, there were four of us, and and whatever that vote kind of came up and went which way or whatever, it, that's what we did. Did they give and you that vote it, right away? Um, did that? Did you have to earn that vote, or did that? Were you? Did they say you're part of the team now? Let's go. Yeah, I mean, I had that vote right away. My vote counted as, as whatever, you know. Oh. And uh, and it and there were times when I would would vote totally against what they did, but that you know they would, you know, still accept the fact that I had an opinion and I had, and I didn't always win out. But then there were a lot of times I did that I had. They they would ask me how I thought about something and and you know they had a uh, they had something that they had built for years. This was a 
you know, this was their baby, basically. And um, then all of a sudden, here comes this guy in. They were willing to let me have my opinion, but not always get my way, which you have to understand in the music business and in songwriting and everything else. You, If you're going to do something, you have to be able to take constructive criticism. Yeah. And, uh, and so, but the fact that they always did listen to what I had to say, um, it, it meant a lot to me, you know, right from the start. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they respected my opinion because they knew that I had been working for, you know, since I was a kid, um, trying to, uh, learn about the business and trying to learn about music, trying to learn about, um, what it takes to, to work and have jobs and have, uh, be able to try to make a living at this, you know, and they respected that about me. And, and I will never forget that because, um, I went, here comes this little young whippersnapper yeah. in here now, what are we going to do? You know? And, but I had to realize that when they did say no, I couldn't let it hurt my feelings. I just had to say, okay, I'll, I'll, let's see what happens, you know? Yep. And, uh, and, and that's the way you have to go because it's what they built. It wasn't what I built. Yeah. I was just going to help them try to go on and keep going and get to the next level. And in the process, try to learn as much as I could and listen. Uh, I guess I, I, I was listening a lot more than I, than I even realized. Uh, but they made it easy for me. They didn't, it wasn't really hard for me because they made it so easy. They would take my weaknesses and uh, they would work around them and then take my strengths and work with me. Um, and they 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 knew uh, what they were doing. And I just uh, had to realize that, hey, these guys have been there and they, they know what they're doing. You really have to trust other people uh, even when you think, man, I think my idea is better, but hey, I'm going with it. Um, uh, until one day they might look at you and say, "Hey, well, we like we kind of we like your idea, Jimmy." That's, yeah, well, and, and that did happen. And they must oh. they must have realized the talent. But I think you bring up a really great point about um, our business leaders that are tuning in today because part of what what uh, when you see talent and it's young. Man, uh, nourish it, uh, encourage it. Don't stifle it. Don't dismiss it. Because um, when you when you acknowledge it and, and nurture it and mentor it, um, some fantastic results can happen, and some really great things uh, can can mm-hmm. blossom. And Jimmy, you've got some great things going on here for us today. I've got a page full of notes, and so glad that you joined us today here on the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown, and we'll be right. Back. Now hiring? Capital Area Michigan Works can assist you with your hiring needs, all at no cost. From large-scale hiring assistance to locating the right candidate for a hard-to-fill position, Capital Area Michigan Works is your resource. We offer creative solutions from career fairs to on-the-job training grants and scholarship programs to make sure you have the best and brightest employees. Visit our website at www.camw.org to learn more about how we can assist your business with its hiring needs.
This is the Michigan Business Network here on the Leadership Lowdown. We're talking to Jimmy Fortune, and Jimmy Fortune is a singer, songwriter, musician uh, of legendary proportions. And Jimmy, at this point in time in your in your career with the Statler Brothers, um, you're being treated as a partner after they had built something really special. And um, and and I think it's just kind of an exciting uh, example of people not dismissing young people and and letting them. Um, uh, feel as though their contributions are being made. So there's got to be a lot of lessons. Uh, when I think of 21 years uh, with that with that group, uh, I know uh, in terms of uh, some of the background that you've you've uh, performed in front of <laughs> audiences as big as a uh, hundred thousand people. Man, that's got to make your knees knock. Uh, I, I can't imagine yeah. some of the some of the lessons learned. So, what are what are some of the some of the big uh, takeaways that if if you were on the front porch uh, back home, would you say, well, here's the lessons learned. These are the things that meant the most to me. One of the biggest lessons I think that came out of all of this was um, through through the years with the Statler brothers um, was. Uh, was listening and uh, being able to um, look at what they did uh, business-wise, even though, I, like I said before, putting people in the place that they need to be. When I realized when they were going to retire in 2002, they asked me what I was going to do, and uh, I said, you know, I don't know how to do anything else. I'm about 16 years younger uh I know that I don't want to stop right now. I knew that I had a mission. I knew that I had a purpose in my music, and I respected their decision, but I also knew that they were turning me loose and saying, hey, we've done this for you all these years. You've gone to school here for 21 years. Now it's time for you to do what you need to do for Jimmy Fortune. And uh, so I began to think in that direction. And um, I had... uh, been married to uh, my, my wife for about uh, uh, four years at, by that time, which my wife happened to be an accountant, was a very good accountant for her for her dad's uh, uh, building building supply business. Yeah. And uh, and I I didn't know a lot about numbers and stuff like that. I was I could write songs, I could sing, I could play my guitar. I I didn't know a lot about uh, you know crunching the numbers and putting things together. So, uh, I mean, there's some people that would say, Hey, I'll never go in business with my wife. I would never do that. But I, I had a, I, we had a good, uh, relationship, uh, that I just said, Hey, I need, I need someone in my corner. Who's really going to look out for me. Who better than that, than your wife, uh, you know, that, uh, could all of a sudden, uh, she didn't know a lot about the music business, but she took it upon herself to learn about, uh, and her and I both looked into the publishing end of things, of songs, looking to the booking booking uh, parts of it, uh, looking into promotions part of it, and we tried to put those people in place like the Statler Brothers did. Yeah. Um, the holding on to the things that you could control and that you you knew you could do, and then letting someone else have um, a part of it that that you weren't necessarily as good at. And trusting those people, and then uh, I had to put a lot of trust into into my wife that she would uh, be able to do that. Now it's 
Now, it don't work for everybody, <laughs> right. but, but it has worked for us for twenty for about 20 years now. Oh, God bless you. That's um, well, and I think that's a really key thing about putting critical people in critical positions inside of your organization, especially when it comes to numbers and revenues and everything else. I don't want to run out of time here, Jimmy, because part of what I want to make sure people know is that is that you still have a vibrant, active career and a lot of great things happening. So uh, first of all, um, to 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 get a hold of your music, uh, tell us how we're gonna how we're gonna go about that, and tell us about the book project. Um, well, you can get my music at jimmyfortune.com. It's also out there in uh, every major market there is out there. There's uh, some of my music is out there. I teamed up with Bill Gaither a few years ago. Uh, we have done uh, a, a project called Hits and Hymns. Oh. It's been a very good project. Jimmy Fortune sings the classics. I did another one called uh, Jimmy Fortune God and Country, uh, which just won a Dove Award for Album of the Year. <laughs> and uh, I uh, and worked on a new project called uh, Brotherly Love with Ben Isaacs, Mike Rogers, and Bradley Walker, which is uh, currently in uh, Cracker Barrel. It's in all the major markets out there doing really well. And we're getting ready to work on another project, uh, and I gotta uh, do a Christmas project before, probably before this year's out. So I've got a lot on my plate <laughs> yeah. to have to do, and I'm working on a book. Like I said, I'm about four years into a book on my life. It's called Untold Fortune, and um, it's about the the my life is uh, growing up in the, in the hills of Virginia up there, and. The, in the backwoods of, of a, it's a, it's an Amer- it's a story of an American dreamer who had dreams that, um, that he, he couldn't even foresee that would ever come true. But, um, only in America could something like this happen, uh, that you actually, um, just, uh, you know, do what you love and have a passion for it. And it all of a sudden it takes you to a place of, of uh, success and being able to make a living at what you love, yeah, um, it, that it, only it, can happen in a place like this. Amen. Uh, and it, so it's, it's truly, it's, truly it's a, the struggles and the triumphs of an American dreamer is what that book. Yeah, about. It, I was just going to say it's the kind of thing that dreams are made of. Jimmy, thank mm-hmm. you, um, uh, man. This has really been special. Well, I appreciate you having me on, and thanks to all the people out there. Um, I'll shout out to my buddy Joe Blanchard up there. He's uh, been a good friend of mine all these years, and I love him. We've got to spend some time up there together. Right. And uh, so many of the people that I love so much up there. Thank you all well, so much. Well, and thank you. Thank you to Joe Blanchard. Thank you to David Frizzell and, and uh, for getting us all together. And, and uh, again, Jimmy, uh, you are truly uh, one of the nicest people I know. Uh, there's no but or no no uh, other description required other than you are a class act and uh, made a big mark in country music and all across the world. So thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for being a part of the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. We'll talk to you next time.